and welcome to Chasing Childhood. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this is a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. Steph, I'm sad this week. Why? First of all, I had too much fun last time recording in person, and we're not in person this week. I know. I'm sad. (laughs) And second of all, I ate all my Girl Scout cookies. Ooh, that's depressing. I'm so sorry for your loss. I ate them all in like one setting. I was like, (laughs) you know, sometimes you have to. Honestly, I don't understand how people who make expiration dates for Girl Scout cookies are still employed. Like, (laughs) you're not needed. Your services are no longer needed. That's so true. (laughs) Like, you know we're eating them all in one sitting. All of ours last us, like, a month maximum. And Tyler gets his own, and I get my own. Yeah. And, like, they last us a month at the absolute most. (laughs) Mine are not even going to last till the end of the week. That's fair. <laughs> but speaking of losing my mind, welcome to March Madness, everyone. Woo! We know that March Madness usually refers to basketball, but listen, we're not super clever, okay? Stop attacking us. The Lord did not bless us with many brain cells, and it's not as much fun to say March movies that make us say, what the hell are these people on? No. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, we'll <laughs> pronounce it March Madness with like an accent <laughs> over the E to make it a little more classy. <laughs> March Madness. 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 I also didn't realize until now that all the films we chose this month are from the 80s. I mean, it seems apt. The <laughs> 80s was a weird time. <laughs> what was going on, guys? So this week, we are starting our new month of movies by reviewing the 1986 film Labyrinth. Yay! So stick in here, guys. This is going to be a little long because there's a lot that went into this movie. Yep. But we're, we're going to do our best to get through it quickly. Just rip the Band-Aid off. So, Labyrinth is a 1986 psychological thriller, LOL. I mean, musical fantasy film directed (laughs) by Muppets creator Jim Henson with Star Wars legend George Lucas serving as executive producer. Conceptual designs for the film were done by Brian Froud, who later went on to work on films like Peter Pan in 2003 and Pete's Dragon in 2016. Labyrinth was written by Terry Jones, Laura Phillips, Dennis Lee, Elaine May, and George Lucas from a story by Dennis Lee and Jim Henson. The film primarily stars Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie in the lead roles. You might recognize Jennifer from Blood Diamond and He's Not That Into You, or sorry, He's Just Not That Into You, and a lot of the MCU movies. And the late great rock legend David Bowie really needs no further introduction. So the supporting cast is played by Toby Froud, Shelley Thompson, and Christopher Malcolm. Puppet characters for the film were created by the Jim Henson Creature Shop, and we would share the names of the performers and the voiceover artists for this film, but the cast list is really quite extensive, so shout out to all those talented people that brought these characters to life. Labyrinth was released in the U.S. on June 27, 1986, and bombed in the U.S. box office. It brought in only $12.9 million on a $25 million budget. However, after its release in the U.K. and overseas on December 2nd of that year, the film ended up earning a total of $34 million worldwide. Labyrinth did not win any notable awards, but it was nominated at the British Academy Film Awards for Best Special Visual Effects and received two Saturn Award nominations for Best Fantasy Film and Best Costumes. The film was also nominated for the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. 
Over the years, due to home video sales and television broadcasts, Labyrinth has gained somewhat of a cult following, and it's been adapted in a variety of media, including books, video games, and comic books. And because there are no more original ideas in Hollywood, in January 2016, it was announced that a sequel was in development. Screenwriter Nicole Perlman, who co-wrote Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel, described the upcoming film as more of a spin-off in the same fictional universe. Interesting. Okay. So if you haven't seen this film since the 80s, or if you've had the pleasure of never seeing this, here's a short, sweet plot summary by an anonymous author on Google. 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King, Jareth. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) And his very tight pants. Very tight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump into our fun facts. All right. So Toby Froud, who we mentioned before, played baby Toby, um, is not only the movie's conceptual designer, Brian Froud's son, but he also is now a puppet maker and has worked on films like The Chronicles of Narnia, King Kong, and a few others that are pretty notable. Wow. Look at that. It stays in the family. And I think he even worked on like the 2022 Pinocchio that just came out as well that people are raving about. Oh, interesting. I love that. Yeah. All right. So my first fun fact is a little long, but I pulled it from IMDb, so stick with me here. The various things that Jareth does with the crystal balls when he's like rolling them around on his arms and in his hands and so forth are not camera tricks or any other kind of special effect. Hmm. Those are actually done by choreographer Michael Moshin, who is an accomplished juggler. And Moshin was actually crouched behind David Bowie with his arms replacing David Bowie's. And unlike a typical Muppet performance, however, he has no video screen to view his performance. So in other words, he's basically doing all these juggling manipulations totally blind. Wow. Me trying to juggle all my multiple personalities. What a guy. (laughs) He's so cool. That's like super talented. Yeah. Also, I was like watching those scenes and... Him doing that to her, um, to Sarah, I was like, he's literally hypnotizing me. I could not look <laughs> away from his hands. Here I, I am. Like- <laughs> I will stay in the labyrinth. I'm here all night. <laughs> it's like when cats get mesmerized when you put like a feather in front of their face. I'm like yep. batting at the screen. Um, <laughs> so our next fun fact is that the puppet Hoggle was actually lost in transit after the film was completed. Oh. Yeah. At the unclaimed baggage center in Scottsboro, Alabama, a worker unpacked a large wooden box and got a scare when he came to face to face with gog with um I almost said goggle with hoggle. <laughs> he has remained in that unclaimed baggage museum ever since. Wow. I didn't know there was an unclaimed baggage museum. Apparently. And apparently nobody on this film wanted him after the movie. <laughs> they're like you could keep it actually i'm like this fun fact was in like multiple websites and nobody's gone to claim him (laughs) that's great (laughs) all right so my last fun fact is that it's like kind of something i guess if you've watched the movie like a million times you might pick up on but i thought it was really funny Every time anybody says, it's a piece of cake in this movie, something bad happens like immediately afterwards, <laughs> which yeah. is really funny. That's hilarious because I honestly didn't even realize they said it that many times. Me neither. <laughs> so my last fun fact is also something that has to do with the movie. 
Jareth's face is apparently hidden in seven different scenes throughout the film, and he watches Sarah trying to solve the labyrinth. Oh, interesting. I caught him a couple of times, but I did not catch him seven times. That's interesting. That's a lot, and I'm surprised. That's cool, though. I like that. I like when they, it's like a hidden Mickey, but it's like a hidden Jareth. (laughs) (laughs) Hidden crotch man. (laughs) Crotch man strikes again. All right, so let's get into it. I'm excited to talk about this movie. Me too. I feel like you and I have very different I feel like we do. (laughs) We have polar opposite feelings. (laughs) I can't wait. So when was the last time you saw this? I saw this about 20 years ago almost. Wow. Um, Yeah, I think I was close to like 9 or 10 and I watched it at a friend's house. Oh, so the fact that you just said 20 years ago and you were 9 or 10. (laughs) Oh, I know I'm turning 30 this year, guys. It's a it's a big year. My old bones. But yeah, I think I watched it about 20 years ago at a friend's house. I was like it was fifth-ish grade fourth or fifth yeah. grade but what about you I had never seen this before until about a year or two ago I can't remember how long ago it was but shout out to Kyle our pod friend Kyle Baker he was like we have to watch this movie and I think he actually suggested that we review this yeah um so shout out to him but yeah we watched it last year I think for the first time okay so you weren't totally blind going into it this time yeah and this week I was like I, I tried to sucker Jackie into watching it with me. I was like, don't you want to watch a Muppets movie with me? And she was like, she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, we're reviewing a Muppets movie. And she was like, no, you're not. I saw your post. And I was like, dang, foiled again. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was an interesting ride. I'm excited to talk about it. You want to just jump right in? Yeah. I mean, my first note is what the actual F did I just watch? Like, I was (laughs) very confused. I thought that this movie took, like, trying to understand this movie is almost as hard as trying to remember how to spell the word labyrinth. It took me so long to figure out how to spell (laughs) that word. But also, I feel like you don't have to have a meaning. Like, this movie is just vibes. Like, it's entirely it's just vibes. a wild time. Like, it gives The Wizard of Oz. It gives Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. It's giving every single, like, mystical world you could think of. It's giving confusion. It's giving gas. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a wild ride. It was really wild. And like I said, it's all vibes. It reminds me of when I watched Tenet and I was like, I don't know what's going on in this movie, Mr. Christopher Nolan, but it is all vibes, baby. It is all vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just watching Robert Pattinson crash planes. Like, I don't know. Like, I just... (laughs) Still have not seen that movie, but oh, you should you just talk to me into it. Yeah, you should watch it. It's great. <laughs> John David Washington. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, He's this fantastic. M- this movie is it's a it's a mood. Like Yeah. I think my one complaint about this or there's a couple, but I think my biggest complaint about this movie is that I wanted more David Bowie. <laughs> like I wanted mm. him in it more. Yes. Like I loved all the scenes where he was like singing and moving and doing his weird fairy king, goblin king thing. But I was like, man, I want more scenes of him. And I wanted more scenes yeah. between him and Sarah. Like I think Jennifer yeah. Connelly, even at, you know, whatever, how old is she in this? Like 15? Even at that age, like she is such a fun actress and I'm like I really wanted them like in more scenes together because I felt like all the scenes they had together were so good and I really liked them so yeah I will say one of the things that 
kind of bothered me about this movie, just like right off the bat, was her acting in the beginning. Yeah, the beginning was weird. <laughs> she was very young. And I understand like she was probably still coming into her own and everything. But just as an like watching the movie, I felt uncomfortable and I almost didn't feel any empathy towards her whatsoever when she's just like flailing around crying about this baby that's doing nothing but like sobbing his brain out and like I felt so bad for Toby in the beginning I was like he just wants to like he just wants to be held like and she's like you're the worst I wish somebody would take him away just being like a huge drama queen yeah it was such a weird intro yeah I felt like once she got into the labyrinth like her character was fine and she made yeah. sense and all of it was good. But again, I don't know if it was Jennifer Connelly and I don't think it was because I yeah. felt like the the directing in that Maybe. first part was really weird because I also felt like the dad's acting was weird. I felt like yeah. the stepmom's acting was weird and I felt like the pacing was off for the beginning. Yeah. Like something about it was strange. Like her wandering in the gardens, reciting the lines, whatever, fine. We circle back to that. I love a circular story. But right. Like when she gets in the house, she's immediately screaming and freaking out and the yeah. mom is like yelling at her and they're it like it almost felt like the actors, none of them were connected to each other in any way. And yeah. it felt like they were each doing their own scene within a scene where yeah. all three of them are supposed to be interacting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And she's like complaining about Toby and I'm like, but we haven't seen him like we haven't seen any of this dynamic, you know what yeah. I mean, before now. And I'm thinking to myself, like, she's complaining about him so much. She literally wishes for them, for the Goblin King to take him away. And I'm like, we just met him. Okay, but we just met him. We don't understand yeah. your frustration. We don't get why you hate him so much. Like, we don't get what your distaste for your stepmom is or whatever she is. Like, yeah, you know, I totally agree. But yeah, this movie takes be careful what you wish for to like a whole other level. This kid literally gets taken within like the first <laughs> five minutes and she pulls like a um, Liam Neeson. She's like, I will find you. My favorite is that she wishes him gone and then he like stops crying and she goes back yes. to, the, to the like to the crib and she does like the surprise Pikachu face over the crib. <laughs> She's like, <gasps> she does. What do you mean he's gone? Like, sis, you just wished him away. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I wish you'd get kidnapped by goblins and never return. But are you okay? But like, psych, psych. <laughs> but like, I was kidding. I was like, damn, though, goblins were quick too. Yeah. I was like, can they, can they take my responsibilities away? Dang, I wish that my kitchen was clean. <laughs> yeah. Goblins, I wish I had a million dollars. I wish someone scrubbed my shower. <laughs> Um, my car needs an oil change. <laughs> but yeah, what a fabulous entrance by David Bowie. Can we just say? Ah! He made the entire movie for me. Same, same. I loved his entrance. I loved the glitter. I loved, I feel like David Bowie has a special place in our hearts too, because like I'm from Bowie. So anytime yeah. <laughs> someone's like, how do you spell that? I'm like, oh, it's like David Bowie, but, but like you it's say pronounced Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. But I just, I love him. I thought his music in the movie was so good. And just reading about how excited he was to like actually work on music for a film was adorable. I was like, I love him. Yeah, I was obsessed. His whole aesthetic 
was giving me life. Like I was just like the weird eyebrows and the mullet and the pants and the flowy shirts. And I was just obsessed with him and obsessed with his acting. Like I already knew he could act because Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but The Prestige is one of my all time favorite movies. I literally have only ever seen him in Zoolander besides oh this movie i forgot that he was the judge in zoolander yes. for a second but yes it's a walk off yes but he plays nikola nikolai tesla in mm. the prestige and spoiler alert if you all haven't seen it i'm sorry but he plays him and he's so good in it and i remember being really impressed that it was david bowie and so then huh. obviously coming back and watching this i'm like oh yeah i forgot david bowie just loves to be in movies <laughs> or loved yeah r.a.p king but yeah he was just phenomenal yeah he was fantastic I thought he was so entertaining to watch um I loved like you said the interactions between him and Sarah although during the ballroom scene I was like what the hell is going on like I was so (laughs) confused I was like did we just roofie a child like I don't understand she's having a dream but also she's living my dream so get out of there (laughs) literally like an acid trip I was like can we not I love during the one part where like his I think it was the ball turned into a snake or something and he just throws it at he her throws it at like, her. Damn. <laughs> no chill he's like think fast king of dramatics <laughs> it's a ball Ooh, he was so dramatic this whole movie and I was obsessed I was also obsessed yes. when they were in the uh the room where all the stairs were going all different directions yeah. and he was like walking from underneath yes. over top I was like that was so cool do it again it's like Batman I was like, I was like rewinding. I think I watched that part over like at least two or three times because I was like, that was awesome. Do it again. So funny. It's like my sushi coming on a conveyor belt. It's just fantastic. (laughs) I was like, what the hell is happening? My favorite character in this entire movie was David Bowie. And then a close second was the little British worm. Yes. (laughs) He was so funny. I didn't even know his name, but she was like, hello. And he was like, no, I said, hello, but that's close (laughs) enough. Um, This movie was quite funny. I, okay. So the first time I watched this, like I said, I watched it a year ago. I was like, what the hell is this movie? I hate everything that's happening. I don't understand it. And then going into it again, I was like, okay, I kind of get the vibe this time. I get like, I really enjoyed the comedy from the background characters. I really liked the, like, your mother's an aardvark and like the <laughs> the doors when they're like arguing yes. like can she do that I don't know I don't know the rules like <laughs> yes like the, it's so stimulating being your hat and stuff yeah. like that like that part <laughs> I thought that was so fun I was like what is even happening I liked the Easter Island heads in the um in the hallway when he was like please this is my only job let me just say the thing I've waited so long to say it all right but you're not going to get a big reaction out of yeah. us yeah <laughs> that was funny I just I really liked all the background characters and their humor I thought it it was kind of like taking me off guard and I didn't notice it as much last time I think I was so focused on how weird the movie was last time yeah I think once you swallow how weird it is and just go into it knowing this is gonna be an odd movie and it's just gonna be a lot of wild vibes and you just gotta go with it and once you do I feel like as you can tell, I like the movie a lot. I actually really enjoyed rewatching it. But I, yeah, I was really surprised by a lot of the humor because I definitely didn't remember the humor as a kid. And I feel yeah. like 
as a kid, I was way more focused on all of the special effects. Like so many of them were so 80s and they reminded me of like the Princess Bride with the rats. They're the rodents of unusual size. So I was focused on that as a kid. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, I get the humor now. That's really funny, actually. And that's one thing I do have to respect about this film is that they knew it was going to be weird. Like you cannot mm-hmm. tell me they did not know that this was going to be a wild ride. Oh, yeah. But they committed. They were like, all right, if we're going to make it weird, we're going to make it the weirdest effing movie that anyone has ever seen. Oh, but absolutely. it's still going to be fun. Yeah. Like even the part where where Didymus, is that his name? Didymus was yeah. like, um, <laughs> so was like this. This bridge has lasted a thousand years. Tap, tap. The whole bridge goes collapsing. I thought that was hilarious. I liked when his dog ran away when they were at the gate. And he's like, don't embarrass me. I am sorry. Ambrosius is my spirit animal. so cute. He, I identify with him so much. I was like, first of all, he is a noble steed. He is a survivor. He chooses life. Every time and does not give two shits about what Didymus has to say about it. Oh, yeah. I absolutely identified with that. And I identified when Hoggle was like, I'm a coward. Like, I gotta go. (laughs) Yes. Or when Didymus was like, I'm not going to feed you if you don't turn around. And Ambrosius was like, (laughs) literally, I was like, if this man ain't going to live, he's going to eat. Okay. I identify. There's like one small little scene where... Sarah drove me nuts during like, okay, so in the beginning, like I said, her acting was like, okay, but again, we talked about it. We said it might have been the writing or the direction. Yeah. Okay. The writing again comes into play later when Hoggle keeps running away and she's like, where are you going? What are you doing? I'm like, he is surviving. Okay. (laughs) Why are you so slow? Like, why are you worried about everyone else? And then my uh, my other thing was, I was like, you met him 10 minutes ago and you expect him to put his life on the line for you, my friend? Absolutely not. Absolutely like, no. not. Man's, like you said, he's a survivor. He knows he what needs to be done. As he said, you have to understand his position. He's a coward. Yes. <laughs> he's a survivor. Like uh. he, no, absolutely not. She's like, how dare you leave me? I'm like, girl, I leave you too. Bye. I'm like, I don't blame him. Uh, you know who I love though? Hmm. was Luda. I loved oh. him. Big monster Luda. boy who says like three words at a time and I loved yeah. him. There was one thing that I had a question about though. I was like, if he could call rocks to help, why didn't he call rocks when he was being hung upside down and like being hit with the sticks and stuff? Because it didn't serve the plot, sis. <laughs> Listen, I was trying to find the plot, but I kept getting aroused. Well, not aroused. I kept getting distracted. Oh, I was. I was. I, I was getting so distracted into David by David Bowie's pants. Okay. I was obsessed with David Bowie. Like he came on the screen. Tyler was watching over my shoulder for the first yes. like, few minutes and he came on the screen, especially when he comes in Sarah's window. And I was like, why is David Bowie so hot? It's like, is this what does it for you? And I was like, I am so into David Bowie. He's so attractive. (laughs) But I feel like that makes sense for me. Like Jeff Goldblum, David Bowie. Yes. A very specific type. (laughs) I love that so much. I was like, I'm distracted by his pants and I'm distracted by Jennifer Connelly's aggressive comb over side part. (laughs) I like she had a full comb over. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, it was fantastic. But yeah, I, I every time he was on the screen, I was like, I can't help it. I can't help but look. <laughs> I really felt uncomfortable during the Firebirds scene. Me too. <laughs> I did not understand what the hell was going on. Like most of this movie, I didn't understand. That part is like a fever dream. It's a nightmare. That part was so unsettling. And let me tell you why. It was unsettling because they were tone deaf. <laughs> well, not just that, but like they were like so much energy. Like yes. they just came at it with so much energy. And then suddenly we're playing a game where they're like, we got to rip off your head. And I was like, huh? Yes. Huh? <laughs> like, I was like, this was like a kid's movie. And we're like, we're going and we're having fun. Yes. And yeah, they're a little much. And they're like kind of like jumping on her, whatever. Like that's that's overwhelming. It's I'm already overstimulated. And then they're yeah. chasing her through the forest going, give us your head. Like, man, I can't gotta go yes no the graphics in that part first of all horrible but it's the time so great you know it's 86 what do you want (laughs) right what do you I'm sorry guys I don't know I don't know so the whole musical number was already jarring because everyone (laughs) was like offbeat and tone deaf yeah overstimulating (laughs) very overstimulating I felt like like, I've never done acid before, and I felt like I was having an acid trip during that part. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what's happening. But the one part that did have me laughing was when she finally climbs over the um, the barrier or whatever, and you see their heads flying still yeah. in the background. <laughs> I did think that that was pretty funny. Um, but the one thing I didn't understand is why they showed up at the end in her room. I was like, why are they here? <laughs> yeah, she had to be rescued for them, so or from them. So, like, are yeah. they friends? She had a lot of people in the room. Like, they tried to rip your head off. We're just going to ignore that? We're just going to let them be in your room with everyone else? I guess they're pals now. I mean, I love that for her. Yeah. Also, her going through the whole thing in those shoes reminded me of my mom and, like, her adventure loafers. My mom wears loafers (laughs) everywhere. She does. She does. I'm pretty sure Peggy (laughs) wore them, like, while hiking one time. (laughs) She's a wild. I was like watching Jennifer Connelly like running through the labyrinth while she like running through the maze and everything with the loafers on. And I was like, oh, the blisters she would be getting <laughs> even worse. Um, and then also like while she was running through and it kept cutting to Jareth and the baby, I was like, this baby seems to be fine. Like he's in no danger. Do you really need to get him back? Like this is a lot of work. Yeah. The baby seems like he's vibing. Like he seems like he's really enjoying the goblin. So like maybe yeah. leave him. Maybe it's cool. I'm like, he's in good hands. And also like you've almost died like 15 times. Is it really worth it? I would also love to be raised by Jareth. Are you kidding? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might've been. Honestly, I really feel like he and I have such a connection. <laughs> so funny like I said before I actually was a little uncomfortable at the ball scene just because I didn't like how they almost tried to make her like in love with him or something like I feel like they went for like a hypnotized thing where they were like she's mesmerized by him she's trying to figure him out but it came off to me as she was like fantasizing about him after being drugged by him and I was like I don't really like that part that much but visually my favorite part is so small and it actually comes from that scene and it's when she like uses the chair and breaks the glass yeah and all of a sudden like all the wind comes in and everyone starts flying and stuff I <laughs> thought that scene was really cool looking yeah that honestly was very like cool. 
visually that was like my favorite i think the ball wouldn't have bothered me so much if she wasn't supposed to be like 16 years old yes i think that's really what it was and i don't know what it is because we've talked about this before with different 80s movies we're like for some reason it's like acceptable to try to hit on or marry or whatever a child like we had the same issue with breakfast club with beetlejuice where like people are trying to marry like 16 year olds and it's very weird and yeah. again I th- I think that it was really I'm glad one that they like didn't kiss or like didn't like do oh, anything thank goodness super yes. weird and you could maybe write it off as like he's just trying to give her the ball that she likes but it did yeah again I agree with you it it read as he was trying to make her fall in love with him or maybe he's in love with her and yeah that's very weird when you consider her age and so I don't know I just wish the 80s didn't have this like constant repeating pattern where teenagers yeah. are being preyed upon by i want to say grown-ass men that's what i'm yeah. gonna say it grown-ass men grown-ass <laughs> so. men because that's what they are yeah it doesn't make any sense to me and also i was like this man literally tried to kill you in a hallway like he <laughs> sent a literal machine after you down one tiny little hallway yep. and two seconds later he's like oh let's dance together but you got to respect his drip though i was like he's he looks terrifying 90% of the time of the movie to me, but also <laughs> intriguing. But yeah, I feel like she didn't need to be 16 in this. I feel like she could have been older. Yeah. And it, there could have been some other reason why she entered that world or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. Because honestly, it would have gotten rid of the whole beginning part, which I would have liked. Yeah. So which I would have preferred. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like that one scene was actually really cool how like the old lady that was walking around her room was like don't you miss this don't you love this because like I am such a victim of hoarding <laughs> I am such a hoarder I really like that because that one it felt like an actual like a lesson relevant to her yeah like a lesson and relevance yeah. to her growth as a character because some of the other ones weren't I feel like as overt you couldn't pick up exactly what she was supposed to be learning. But this one felt very true because it was about the bear, about Lancelot, you know. Yeah. She wanted her bear back and she couldn't give it up. And then it was like, here's all your childhood things that like supposedly mean so much to you. And then she has to learn like it's okay to let go of things. It's okay to not yeah. want to keep every single item that you've ever had since your youth. And it was like a growing up moment for her. And I really liked that and resonated a lot with that scene. So I was glad that that was in there. Yeah, and I liked the visual representation of, like, the more things you have, like, the more weighed down you are in a way. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. I She did annoy me in the beginning, though, when she was like, Lance a lot. And she, like, <laughs> went to go to Toby and Toby, like, it was on the floor and stuff. And I was like, first of all, Lancelot was, like, on the high, high top shelf. Um, How did Toby even get that? Second of all, I do like that it basically taught her, like, you can share your belongings. And I liked the overall lesson of, like, like I said before, be careful what you wish for. Because she literally regretted that Toby got taken two seconds after she asked for it. Yep, yep, Um, yep. But I was trying to figure out, like, what other lessons would have been learned from this movie? Like, don't trust strangers. Well, the only other one I could think of was you keep taking things for granted, which mm. I which they kept repeating throughout the movie. You, you're taking yeah. things for granted, which I got. And then, obviously, helping people or things aren't always going to be fair. I was trying to pick up, you know, some, some that they were putting down. I yeah. think a few were less overt and maybe harder to, to grasp. But yeah, yeah I, was, I was trying to pick up what I could. I was like, maybe like, don't think that you know everything. Yeah. Like every time she was like, oh, 
there's nothing that way. Like something would be that way. Right. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't really know what else this movie is trying to teach. Maybe like don't accept an apple from anyone because <laughs> it's literally what's happened in every Snow White ever. Right. Um, nothing good ever comes from that, especially when you have an evil witch coming after you or in this case, like a goblin king. Stop accepting fruit from strangers. Yes. <laughs> like he's going to serve, but he's also going to murder you. Yes, um, king. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally so there's one line of his when he was like nothing tra la la. I'm gonna start saying that all the time Obsessed. now. <laughs> I did like Sarah's character towards the end when she like starts learning all her lessons and she starts like she basically will do anything to get Toby back, which I I found very adorable because a lot happened to her. Yeah. Um, and if it was me, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, <laughs> I am mother effing tired. I'm going home. Like yeah. there was one part during the last battle scene when a character was like, I've had enough. I'm going to bed. And it was like one of the side characters, like one of the little army men. And I was like a mood. Like, a mood. If this was me, I would go home immediately. Yeah, absolutely correct. <laughs> There's only one other thing that I would say about this movie. And I was trying to figure out like what Jareth's connection was to the goblins because he's like the only other human character throughout the rest of this movie. And I was like, I want to know how he got here. Like, I want to know how like he's not a goblin, obviously. So how did he become the Goblin King? And then I was like, what if he was her brother in the future and like getting revenge on her for being an a-hole? Maybe. I thought he was, I don't know. I was like, I'd be afraid if my boss just like turned into an owl at will. Like, I'd yeah. be like, dang, you the, you in charge now, I guess. Like, <laughs> that's it. Like, I don't know what yeah. else he can turn into. So I'm scared. So Yeah. And also like, what really happened to him at the end? Like, did I mean, I assumed that he was basically the owl, but yeah. also like there wasn't really any closure like he wasn't defeated nothing really happened and I'm also like I was rooting for him let's be real yeah I was rooting for the Goblin King sorry guys I was rooting for the villain (laughs) I was too but I was like there was real there was really no like no justice I guess for like everything that he did in a way I don't feel like he needs justice one and two (laughs) he stole a baby I mean he gave it back but he tried to kill her (laughs) well that's her own fault you shouldn't have wished the baby away that's true. She went right, like, the whole movie. Did, I don't know if you noticed yeah. this, but she didn't go left a single time in the movie. Every Ooh. single time she picked She's the like right. She's like Zoolander. I know. I'm like, girl, <laughs> this is why you're in this mess. You don't know how to, like, divvy up your options here. But, um, yeah. no, I don't know. I think he just turns into an owl and, like... That leaves it open-ended for a sequel, and obviously now we're getting a sequel, even though David Bowie is no longer with us. So, I don't know. It leaves it open. And I was kind of like, man, I wish they had maybe had a sequel. I don't know if a sequel would have been good. True. But, you know, I think they were just kind of leaving it open-ended, because I feel like if you kill him, then it really does eliminate the option that there could be another one. That's true. We all know the 80s and 90s were big on their sequels. So yeah, and the tight pants takes precedent over justice. It so really I, does. It really I appreciate does. <laughs> it. So, do you think that this movie should be considered a cult classic? Like, do you think it lives up to the hype that everyone? Because it wasn't received well at all at first, but people really like it lately. Yeah, I think it is a cult classic because uh, I mean the definition of a cult classic is that it gets its own resurgence later. Yeah, and I think 
this movie is really beloved by a lot of people. So, I, I mean, I told a couple of friends today that I, I was like, I'm watching Labyrinth. And they were like, oh, my God, I love that movie. And I'm like, OK, so people still just treasure this movie. So I think it definitely earns a title of cult classic, in my opinion. But why do you think that is? I think it's because it is so, like, whimsical and magical. And it literally does, like, you feel like you're watching a whole world unfold before you. Like, it's not really like anything that I've seen before. I think it feels like how you used to dream as a kid. It really feels like that. Like, it feels like all the weird stuff that you can't explain and you fall through floors and nothing makes sense and you walk through walls and, you know, you turn around and there's a dead end and then you turn back and there's a a hallway. Like, it feels like, I think, how kids and I mean, even how I do sometimes, like, you still dream and how things don't always quite make sense. Oh, I love that. I didn't even think about it that way. I think that's kind of the way that it it sort of appeals to you. So You're so enlightened. I can't even deal (laughs) with it. You literally like I just got chills I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) that's me running on four hours of sleep so enlightened (laughs) you're doing great um I love that I was like yeah because even lately like I have the strangest dreams yeah they're strange and they don't make any sense but you still go through with them and you keep going and you don't know why but that's just how it feels I love it The one thing that I will say about this movie is I'm not sure how kid friendly it really is. Like, I feel like this wasn't really a movie for kids, per se, like maybe preteens or something. Like, I feel like for young, young kids, this is terrifying. No, this is not for little kids. Like I said, I watched this when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And I think that's a pretty good age to watch this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think once kids start to hit like eight nine ten is probably a good time to show them this I would not show them younger than that honestly I will say though like when I was in fourth or fifth grade my school showed us not only left behind but they also showed us the last of the Mohicans and let's just say I would much rather have watched Labyrinth than either (laughs) of those terrifying movies at that age. I don't know. Maybe we're not giving little kids enough credit that they really could handle this movie and would love it. Honestly, this is, I feel like, a parent's call. Like, you would know your kid best. Maybe they're not afraid of stuff like this, but if they are, maybe hold off for a couple years. Just skip past the Firebirds scene. Because even as an adult, I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Is there anything else that you would have changed about this movie to make it better? Is there anything you think that this movie is missing other than like the whole family dynamic at the beginning? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just want more David Bowie. I think there was a lot of time spent with the Muppets and like the care those side characters, which they were fun and they were cool. But I feel like some of their scenes dragged on just a little long. Yeah. And I would have liked for like more of him in it and again more interaction between literally the two human characters I would have liked to see some of that because I enjoyed their interactions and I felt like she her acting leveled up when she was across from David Bowie and so I agree I I enjoyed that so I would have really loved more from the final battle scene I guess because Ludo just calls rocks and all of a sudden it's like Indiana Jones for everyone and they're all just running away from these giant boulders <laughs> um and I was like we're really like this you guys are that incompetent like it just yeah, it was they like are. <laughs> it was like bumbling villains in my opinion I was like what a bumbling army it just 
it it was funny to watch but at the same time i was like okay like this it went on for like 10 minutes just them getting their butts beat by rocks yeah that's what i'm saying like those types of scenes went yeah. on for like a little long for me yeah um and then my last question is admit it how many times did you stare at david bowie's crotch how many times was he on screen <laughs> <laughs> approximately 927 times then i looked 928 (laughs) okay price is right calm down you gotta count in the one reverse she's like and one cent (laughs) rewind that 15 seconds go back (laughs) so let's get into our critic ratings let's do it so labyrinth received a 7.3 out of 10 on imdb a 75% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an 86% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and four out of five stars on Common Sense Media. Now for our ratings, we can rate Labyrinth on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this was such a fun and wild ride. I loved every second of it, and watching this was like being transported to a land of magic and David Bowie music. F minus meaning this is garbage. I will never be watching this or listening to David Bowie again. Wow. And I have no faith in humanity after seeing how many people actually enjoy this. Based on this rating scale, how would you rate Labyrinth? I'm actually going to give Labyrinth an A minus because I'm going to watch this again. A category? It's an A category for me. Wow. I'm going to watch this again in the future. So, yeah, I really liked it. Again, I had very strong positive feelings about this I'm not sure about you (laughs) I'm gonna give this a b minus oh okay I definitely enjoyed it the second time around more I feel like I watched it a year ago and I was like I don't like this movie and then when we rewatched it this week I tried to go in with more of an open mind and I actually enjoyed it I thought it was fun it literally I feel like it transports you back it almost makes you feel like a kid again yeah um but I have so many questions. I'm like, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the pedophilia in the 80s. I don't like stuff like that uh, that had to do with like the storyline and everything. I did not like the Firebirds. There were birds in this movie. It's already yes. it's already getting docked. <laughs> yeah, some of the like music was a little eh to me, or like uh, like you said, some of the bumbling characters just were on the screen way too long. Overall, though, I will give this a B minus because I probably will watch this in the future but just not anytime soon. Yeah, that's fair. Yay. All right, guys. Well, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at just Chasing Childhood. Yay. Tune in next week, guys. We'll see you for more March Madness. Or Madness. 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 <laughs> Nothing. Tra-la-la. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. Bye, everyone.